musical makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and on this episode, we welcome Todd Duncan. Todd is the world's number one authority on sales, equipping people with strategies around growth, relationships, performance, business, and life transformation. He's built an incredibly successful real estate and mortgage business before committing his life to helping others do the same. As an author of a staggering 17 book, he is no stranger to the New York Times bestseller list. He helps people fall in love with their business and their life by teaching how to succeed through building the right relationships built on the most important factor, trust. Just three of the 14 laws from one of Todd's renowned books, High Trust Selling. Number one, the law of the bullseye. If you don't aim for the best prospects, you're likely to do business with any prospect. It's tempting to say yes to all business, but this will affect your business alongside your mental health in the long run. Next is the law of the scale. If you want more business, have fewer clients. The key to long-term success is adding more value to the right clients and focusing your time and energy on your ideal customer profile. And then I'll give you another one. The law of the encore. The greater the performance, the louder the applause. Would the work that you just did demand an encore? If not, fix it. I love all of these. Get ready, conquerors, for more Todd Duncan and more of these 14 laws coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Joining us on the Conquer Local Podcast this week, Todd Duncan. Todd, welcome to the show all the way from Newport Beach, California. Hey, great to be with you, George. Looking forward to our uh, conversation together and uh, excited that we get to impact your tribe. You know, we've been doing this show for about four years. We got conquerors from all over the planet that listen to the show, salespeople just like you and I. And when we get a legend in selling and coaching on the line, we're pretty excited. And you know, all I have to do is go to your website to see that you are high energy. And you were mentioning before we got on the show, you were, you were doing a keynote the other day in Miami. And so let's, let's just start at the beginning. How do we build trust in selling according to Todd Duncan? So the simple formula and the easy answer is you take the spotlight off of yourself and you put it squarely on the customer. I, I know that sounds awfully easy, but the bottom line is customers will buy when they're ready. They will not buy when you're, when you want to sell, you know, when they're ready to buy, they're ready to buy. And so most salespeople and most sales organizations 
don't understand how do we accelerate that process. And there's always two things at work in any dynamic uh, between a provider and, and an acquirer, right? A seller and a buyer. There's always two things going on. One is tension and the other's trust. And what most people try to do is they try to move the relationship to a PO or a sale or some kind of closing technique to get somebody to say yes um, before all the tension has been removed from the conversation. And so in the real world, um, you don't have to be a distrusted person to be distrusted. There's a lot of industries that are just distrusted. And so if you're in those industries, your industry is distrusted. So always know that there's going to be a filter that the buyer has, that it's like red flags. It's like, uh, you know, there's this, there's this big stereotypical, like, how do you come at uh, a person, you know, so you don't, they don't feel like you're a salesperson. And that's taking the spotlight off of yourself. It's not about you. It's about the customer. And the sooner, see, sooner anybody re realizes that, Tension is replaced by trust. And when trust is high and tension is low, people are more likely to say yes more quickly and mean it. They're less likely to shop and haggle over price. They're not going to be big negotiators. If they trust you, they trust your product or service, they trust your team because of how you engage and interact with them, then the sale is the natural byproduct of that trust. And people need to learn that very fast. I am on a mission right now. This book has been out for 20 years. And the fact that a business book is still in publication after 20 years tells you that it's a it's it's the you know it's the holy grail of of selling these 14 laws that were written are 14 laws that are as appropriate today for any influencer, whether you're a CEO, a business owner, a sales professional, it doesn't matter, these laws work. And the reason why I wrote these laws is because they're the only laws that sales professionals and business leaders have to understand. Um, they can be used individually, they can be used collectively. There's 14, if you start at one and get to 14, you're gonna have a high performance company, high performance selling business. And the bottom line is trust has to come in fast Tension has to go out fast, and the faster we get trust going, the faster people say yes and mean it. Well, I can I can see why the team was so excited about you and I having a conversation because I'm I'm a big believer in everything that you're talking about, and you know in in our organization where you know we've been adding new sales professionals pretty much on a weekly basis. Um, and anybody that, that has experience in selling software or community is either work for us or, you know, they are working for us. So the first thing that I find when we work with a new seller is we have to get them to realize that it's all about trust. Like you don't have a hope of hitting your quota. You don't have a hope of keeping the cust. Like they, they, I find some people don't even quite understand what sales is all about. Are, are you seeing that too, where we have to teach new sellers this foundation of, if you don't have trust, you don't have anything? I think there's a lot of things that that kind of play against new sellers, you know, people that are either new to a product line or new to even the profession. And I think we've all learned it, right? And I, I, I made a uh, kind of a quest to learn as fast as I could what not to do so that I could pave the way for plenty of room on what to do. And, you know, I think that 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 people that are coming into quote selling for the first time need to understand that it's not actually about selling. It's not actually about having a pitch deck. It's not actually about promotion. It's about connection and it's about emotional connection. And so the higher the cost of any product or service, the more important emotional connection is because if they don't trust you in an emotional state, they're not going to buy from you in an economic state. And so most salespeople are focusing on um, the cost, you know, the ROI, you know, all those things, which at some point play a role, 
But if you don't have connection, you're just another talking head. And what we have to do is we have to understand to your question and to your point that this is where big disruption happens. This is when you understand that you know, most salespeople um, are told to ask questions. Well, if you just take that at face value, it's not a bad idea, but have you really, really architected and choreographed the kind of questions that get to yes fast? Like, would you rather ask 10 questions to find out a little bit about how you guys are gonna connect? Or would you like to ask one? Would you like to ask 10 questions that give you two minutes of response each? Or would you like to ask one that gives you 10 minutes of depth? And so it's not about let's do more to get more. It's about actually doing less to get more. But the less you do is more profound. It's more connected. It's more relational. And my number one thing that I learned, George, I learned it very early in my career. I learned that you can make a living pursuing transactions, but you can make a fortune pursuing relationships. And I built my entire business today from the ground up on relationships. And I have people today writing seven figure checks to our company that 30 years ago said yes for the first time to having me in for a speech, for example. And this is populated countries. It's not just about, you know, how impactful are we here in America? I mean, we've got close to 6 million clients worldwide. So it's, and, and the world trust is about the world. I mean, there's not, if you're walking you understand whatever your language is and wherever you live, you understand trust. No, I completely agree. I was in South Africa recently yeah. for a week working with sales professionals and entrepreneurs. It's the exact same. Like there's no difference. Business is business is business. Trust is trust is trust. Let's talk about this whole thing of, you know, COVID was a forcing function for us to do a hell of a lot more of what you and I are doing, where we're communicating through right. telemarketing and Zoom meetings. And, you know, we've been doing this a long time. We did a lot of the face-to-face -face stuff and, and we've got face-to-face -face physical sellers. And uh, now when we think of telemarketers, you know, when I'm sitting across from somebody, I can build a hell of a lot of trust. But now I've got to do it over the phone or I've got to do it over Zoom. And picking up that phone and having the conversation, it, it's a challenge building that trust. So how how do we establish trust in virtual selling? It's one of the most common questions we get asked here at Conquer Local. Okay, so the answer is what I just said, and it might surprise people. It might sound like a foreign language, so to speak, but if we're using any technology to connect in a video virtual um, kind of experience, the, the selling dynamics don't change. Here's where the problem is. The problem is if you only try to do it on phone, Okay, so the number one goal is whether you can actually get physically face-to-face -face or whether you're going to get face-to-face -face virtually, you must be face-to-face. -face. And the reason for that is because you um, open up all of the neurotransmitters that allow people to experience the sales conversation and dialogue. And what those neurotransmitters are, are connective transmitters. So we have dopamine, we have serotonin, we have oxytocin, um, we have endorphins. And when you are on the phone trying to do an interview or you're on a phone trying to walk somebody through a pitch, if you're on the phone doing it, you're only activating an audible relationship between the neurotransmitters, which reduces their impact by almost 90%. But if I can see you and you can see me, I mean, we are connecting right now, George. And the bottom line is I can still ask you a question and look you in the eyes and I can watch you potentially tear up if the question's a big question. I'll give you an example that happened last week. <clears throat> we do a lot of work in the real estate and lending industry. We do a lot of work in mortgage. And one of the things we tell people in the lending industry is 
um, there's no magic to when somebody says yes, except for the magic of how you attract them. And so we had a guy that was given a 30 day assignment and we we're on the line with maybe 200 people, virtual Zoom kind of deal. And this would be the middle of January. And one of the things on our website is a white paper called Talk Less, Sell More, along with the high trust interview guide. But the Talk Less, Sell More idea is, could you really, really figure out how to ask one question that would be so powerful that the person would say yes when it's time to buy? Think about that. Think about if you could eliminate 80% of the questions because they're just talking heads. They're just routine. There's not any real boom behind it, right? So um, this guy's going to do this virtually. He's in Lake Oswego, Oregon. He's talking to a husband and wife in Anchorage, Alaska, and they're on Zoom. And he said to them, he said, I'm excited that you guys are moving to Oregon. I know that you're in Alaska today. Uh, the transition down here is going to be fun and enjoyable for you. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you just one question. And then kind of this pause, and then the question came. And the question was, what would it mean to you to own a home? And that was the question, right? And as Tim tells the story, um, the wife starts to cry. The husband is about 15 seconds behind her, and he's starting to tear up. And the wife is kind of shaking, and she said, if we could own a home, we would be the first people in our family to have ever achieved that. And so Tim looks at them and says, are you ready to experience home ownership? Because I'm ready to get started to make that dream come true. And they said, yes. It took less than three minutes to say yes to a $400,000 loan and buying a home for the first time in the history of their family. And I think that's really what we're talking about here. And so what happened when she was crying is dopamine was kicking in, serotonin was kicking in, oxytocin, love, feel good, trust, and then the endorphins are excitement, right? And if you're selling for a living, you have to figure out how to activate those, those neurotransmitters because it aids in conversion, it aids in speed to trust, it aids in not negotiating or haggling, and it leads to loyalty. And that's what this is all about. So virtually, it's just, it's that simple. You know, it's just, let's just ask the same kind of questions, except for the ones that don't work. Let's get really clear on a question bank that's relational from my heart. What does it mean? What will it mean? If you could own a home, what would it mean? What would it mean? How would you feel? Not what would you think? How would you feel? Not what would you think? Get away from here, get to the heart, and then those transmitters, neurotransmitters take over and uh, people fall into your, your good graces and become clients for life. Well, that, you know, it's an, an amazing analogy because what you're getting to, and my my colleague here, Mr. T-Bone and I have been in the media business for a long time. We always talk about developing a message that makes an, an emotional connection. And and that is really what we're talking about here is connecting emotionally as to what it might mean. So that's some great, great advice. Let's talk about this. I got a note here around a $6,000 egg and we, you know, we have eggs in Canada but they're not worth $6,000. So how does an egg get so expensive? And, and, you know, it actually seems ridiculous to me. A six, now, maybe it's a Fabergé egg. I don't know, but I'd love to hear about this egg. Well, I, I want to make it really quick because uh, it, it's a beautiful story. But the long and short of it is 
you know, you, you guys understand the customer experience. You understand anybody that's in the, the tribe, you know, the Conquer Local tribe, you understand the customer experience matters more than anything. And we've got to, in our world, be smart about how we take care of customers, especially MVC customers, you know, those most valuable customers. So I would say that we're a most valuable customer to this particular restaurant. And we always, after church on Sunday, would go by, hang out, have lunch, and watch a sports game, whatever season it was in. And and so they had a little bit of a change of management and um, we went in and we um, ordered a cheeseburger. And then I said, I'd like a fried egg put on top of the cheeseburger. And the guy behind the bar said, uh, I'm sure we can do that. Let me go check with the, the kitchen. And so he went and checked with the kitchen and he came back and he said, man, I don't know what's up back there, but they said, no. I said, they said, no. And yeah, it's not even a side order option, Todd. Well, yeah, but I come here every Sunday. I probably spend $500 a month here. That's $6,000 a year. You don't think I can get an egg on a burger? And he said, man, I, they're like adamant. And I said, oh my gosh. And he could tell I was frustrated. Um, he took a break. Another bartender came in. I asked her to do the same thing, same answer. And so we're obviously frustrated. Now here's where the story gets really interesting. So they had a special that day, a waffle special. It was $14.95 and it was waffles and eggs, right? They only had 15 of the specials. They only had enough eggs for the 15 specials. So their, their logic was, if I give you an egg, we're not gonna be able to sell one of the $15 waffle and egg dishes. And I'm going, that's crazy. You know, it, I'm worth, you know, and, and I wanna say just before I get any more into this, I'm not a high maintenance customer, but I do expect great service. And I think anybody expects great service, right? And so um, I said, this is just weird, you know, so you're basically valuing a $15 dish to a customer that doesn't come here every week, brings his business clients and spends $500 a month. And uh, he said, man, let me get the manager for you. I didn't even ask for the manager. So the manager comes over, her arms are crossed and she looks at me and she says, so I understand you have a problem. And right there I knew, George, that, no, 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 really, you guys have the problem. And I didn't want to get into it, but she said, she said, you have a problem. And I said, no, I think you guys have a problem. Here's the deal. I spent a lot of money here. I simply asked for a fried egg on top of my burger and the kitchen told me twice they wouldn't do it. And I don't understand that. And she said, it's part of our culture. We don't do special orders because we're a research and development kitchen. And I said, that is wild. You wouldn't, you wouldn't figure out how to throw a waffle away and give the guy an egg to save the day. And she goes, I'm sorry, that's our policy. And then here's the, here's the, here's the, there's two clinchers. So the first clincher is she goes, I'm happy to pay for your bill today to say, I'm sorry. And I'm thinking that might be the stupidest management decision I've ever seen in my life. Cause our bill was probably by this time, maybe 50 bucks and an egg. Like if you're a restaurant, how much does an egg really cost you? It's maybe 20 cents. And so the logic was just weird. And I looked at her, I go, that's stupid. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, no, why would you do that? Why would you pay $50 to try to handle and recover me when all it would really take you as a general manager for this restaurant is to put the egg on the burger and throw the waffle away. And she's, she paid for it. So I said, you want to pay my bill, pay my bill. And she brought the, uh, she brought the uh, receipt back. And I said to her, I said, this decision just cost your restaurant $6,000 a year. I'm not coming back. And we walked out, we walked, listen to this, George, we walked 100 feet to a Whole Foods restaurant, okay? Walked in just to see how much eggs were. And you could buy eggs at that point in time, six eggs for about two bucks. 
So do the math real quick. And they happen to have a restaurant in there. They happen to have a restaurant. So we go into that restaurant and Sandy's behind the bar and we hadn't really gotten our fill yet for food. So we told her what happened at R&D. And here's what she said. This is for all your listeners. She said, at Whole Foods, we're taught to say yes. And Deb goes, let's try her out. So Deb orders, without even looking at the menu, she orders a garlic Parmesan pizza with a fried egg on top. It sounds gross, right? But she, and Sandy goes, let me talk to the chef. I'm sure we can do it. She comes back in 30 seconds, says, you're good to go. Nine minutes later, she comes back and the chef, she says, the chef wants to know, do you want the egg on the pizza before he cuts it? Or do you want him to cut the pizza and put the egg on top? So <laughs> I write a blog about the $6,000 egg. It's got 400,000 shares in two months. And I get a call from a publisher to write the book called The $6,000 Egg. So we wrote the story in the book. And then we have 10 customer service stories on how not to screw it up with the customer and make stupid mistakes like that. And by the way, I think we're probably close to 700,000 people that know this story. If you're that restaurant, this is the most incredibly ineffective way to market. Piss off your customer and watch what happens. No, it's such a great story. And, and unfortunately... We all have stories like that where we've yep. interacted with a brand and the course of action that they took based on some bloody policy that's in place was absolutely asinine. Like you just sit there going, this makes no sense. Walk to Whole Foods, get six more eggs. You would have been happy. No, it's just, it's unbelievable. So why does this happen? Like I, I've got some ideas, but I'd love to hear from you, Todd. Like what, how does an organization get to that point where something like that occurs? I, I don't think they have a culture of understanding a couple of things. One would be the value of a customer. You know, they, they, they're never going to not have business. They're in a mall. They got high traffic. You know, they don't have to worry about a customer that says, you know, what, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. So it's a culture about that. It's also, it's also not, enough empowerment in the company to handle the situation. So I wrote a note to the general manager afterwards, and I wrote a note to the CEO of the food group that owned this restaurant. And both of them had a chance to recover me again before I published the book. And they didn't even do that. They thought I was a pain in the rear end and all I wanted was a fried egg. And so it's, it's empowerment, it's culture. And I think a lot of people sadly don't understand that when you have a customer breakdown, you don't run from the customer, you run to the customer. Because if you recover them and you have the empowerment, anybody in that restaurant could have said, guys, ditch the waffle. This guy comes in every single weekend, give him an egg. I'll pay out of my tips the 15 bucks for the waffle, but don't let this guy leave upset. And I think people don't understand, especially in the social world in which we live, how fast a non-recovered customer can create brand damage. We know that within 24 hours of a bad experience, if the customer uses anything online to express their dissatisfaction, 23,000 people will see that within two to three business days. And if I own a company, I don't want that to happen. I want my servers to be empowered to say, egg, no problem. 
It was ridiculous. The amount of time it took for the bartenders and the general manager, to your point, a busboy could have walked down, bought the eggs, come back, and nobody would have known the difference. Now, you ready for something really scary? A year later, my father-in-law and mother-in-law go to the restaurant. They know the whole story. They're going to go try them out. So my mother-in-law orders her favorite salad, and they said, we don't have that today. And the only reason she likes that salad is because she likes the dressing. And so they said, we don't have that today. And she goes, why don't you? And he said, we don't have the lettuce. And she said, do you have the dressing? He said, yeah. She said, okay, can I have the dressing from that salad? And can you put it on this salad instead of that salad that you don't have the lettuce for? What do you think the answer was? No, we don't do that. We don't do that. A year later. So, you know, I, but, but for the individual person watching this, run to the customer. Run to the customer. Tell them you love them. Tell them you care. What can I do to make it right? Man, we screwed up. We want you back. How do I win you back? Send an I'm sorry video. Do something, but you don't let customers leave unhappy, period. End of story. And, and you don't have to cave in to make them happy. You just got to do the right thing. No, it's, it's a great lesson. And I love the two messages. So the first message where we're talking about going out and making that sale, making the emotion connection. Now we talk about how do you take care of that resource? Like I like to say most precious resources staff, because you can't scale a business and grow without a great team. But that second one is a customer. And if you don't have customers, you don't have anything at the end of the day. So, you know, but you're, you're right. It is to the point of a culture. The, the culture shouldn't be around, well, we got policies, we need to follow them. Like you weren't breaking any laws. You weren't increasing the cost of, of business by going to get an egg at Whole Foods. It just, it doesn't quite make sense, but it is all too common, which I think is an opportunity. I think for- yeah, It's a huge right? opportunity, huge opportunity. You know, in, in this book, there's two laws that are really resonating with this conversation. One's called the law of the hook. And the law of the hook says a captivated audience stays to the end. And that's loyalty, right? I've got to create value. I've got to continue to create value. And if I do that, then customers are going to be loyal. Okay. The other law, which happens to be the last law in the book, it's the law of the encore. And what it states is the greater the performance, the louder the applause. And there's not one person watching us have this kind of rant with each other that doesn't understand the value of customer loyalty and and certainly doesn't misunderstand the value of referrals. You can't have referrals without loyal customers that are engaged and happy and, and are thrilled with what they, they get from you in product or service. Those two laws can change any company's life. The law of the encore is the performance good enough for them to say, Bravo, I want more. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And are you messaging in a way that locks them in? And that's a big deal because there's too much digital marketing noise right now that's not locking people in. If anything, it's pushing them away. No, I, you know, that's one thing I'm glad you brought up. There's a lot of noise. And we have buyers that have built-in biases. We have sellers that have built-in biases. And then we have things that are being installed by social media all the time. I find reps are like, oh, I can't believe I lost that customer. I've had him for three years. I was working really hard on him. I'm like, well, I was looking at the call logs and the emails and you haven't really sent at the cadence that you were sending at the beginning of the relationship. It's no wonder you lost the customer because you're not paying attention to your point to the $6,000 customer not paying enough attention to that client. Right. right. You know, and it's really interesting. It's like, 
Um, if you want your clients for life, you have to talk to them during their life. You have to engage with them during their life. And the truth of the matter, George, is if you don't follow up with them, they're not going to follow through with you. And I think the two big mistakes salespeople make is they suck at following up and they've got to get more systemized at doing that and more rhythmic at doing that. The customer's not going to know that you got a CRM popping up that it's their birthday today. But if you see that it's birth their birthday today and you do nothing, then you're going to get nothing. And I have 4,178 reminders in my iPhone right now on birthdays of very significant and influential people in my world. And some days I do 10 videos to wish people happy birthdays. And they're all about 45 seconds long. And, you know, I'm, I want to get to 10,000 birthday videos a year. That is so much more valuable than a happy birthday Facebook message or a happy birthday email, because it's, again, going back to dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. If I do a video, then we get this, you know, and if we don't do a video, then somebody's going to read happy birthday in an email, which is like so non-emotional. It's crazy. crazy. Todd, you know, back, remember back in the day when we would find out what a customer's birthday was because it wasn't as easy as it is now you can't go to their facebook page their linkedin profile to get <laughs> the birth date of the owner of the business and we treated that like gold like yeah so now i'm feeling hor i've felt horribly inadequate this entire interview speaking to you by the way but the fact that i'm not recording birthday videos i'm like oh i gotta get my shit together <laughs> Well, and it's, listen, so it's, it's situational awareness. So, you know, you're right. You never ask for your birth date. You ask for your birth day. I don't want the year. I just want your birthday. And if in conversation you hear somebody say, like I was in Australia um, two and a half years ago and I, uh, on the Gold Coast in Brisbane, and I was at a conference sitting down with a, with a CEO and there's about 700 people in the room. And um, I said, what are you looking forward to this weekend? I had no knowledge. He says, it's my birthday. My wife and I are going to fly to London. I go, wow. And all it was was note to self, right? And so I put that in my phone. I entered it as a recurring event annually. And I put an end date 25 years from that moment, two and a half years ago. I got, you know, I mean, that's what you have to do. And then, and then a year later, you've already populated your reminder base with, you know, whatever number that is. And then two or three years later, I got a guy right now that every August 16th at four o'clock California time, I send him a video birthday message to arrive in Australia the next day, which is the 17th, because they're, they're, they're uh, past the international dateline. And I've been doing it, you ready, for 31 years. And I got an in, I have an income trail from, excuse me, from that friend who's a friend, but he's a business owner. I have an income trail from that, that guy that's in the millions. Well, and, and that's it's, some, it's, it's never been easier to do what you're talking about. So easy. Right. So, so easy. Yep. use the tools, have the consistency. Todd, really valuable today, having you speak to our listeners in the Conquer Local podcast. Um, I understand that you're ready to make an offer, which we always love having offers for the conquerors that are out there. Well, it's, it's like, if you want to make more money in less time with less stress, that's the promise of this book. And so if you just come to toddduncan.com, check out a free resource. It's called the High Trust Interview Guide, right? And you can download it for free and you can read through it. There's some other free resources there, particularly Talk Less, Sell More. You can get the book online. <clears throat> the bottom line is we want to help salespeople win. And the best way for you to win is to help customers win. It's that simple. So if we can take the spotlight off of us and we can answer the question, how can I help you win today? 
you know, we understand that the role we get to play in selling and serving people is we get to change their life, then that's what we do for you. We help you fall in love with your life by becoming a great sales professional. <clears throat> so no strings attached, man. Come to toddduncan.com, download these free documents and celebrate 20 years with us for high trust selling. It's, uh, it's a book today that works even better than the day I wrote it. I cannot believe it, but everybody wants meaning and purpose and they, they wanna get past the stress of selling poorly. And uh, I think our vibe today, George, really helped people understand that get this going, get the emotion going, the economics are going to follow and they're going to be easy. Todd, you mentioned a number of times throughout the presentation today, keynotes, and you got seven-figure customers and things like that. So imagine if we've got a sales leader, CEO, chief revenue officer, and they're saying, I need some Todd Duncan in my sales organization. Again, uh, the website, the best place to find you, and, and I'm sure there's some case studies and things there as well that they could consume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they can just uh, hit us directly on our inquiry email, which is t.duncan at toddduncan.com. And or just fill out the profile on the website and then my team will respond. And uh, yeah, we love now, especially now that COVID is, you know, I, I, I'm going to say over and I'm just, uh, I, I got my fingers crossed and all that. Everybody is really digging, getting back to face-to-face -to -face. and these conferences are amazing. I'm speaking to 4,000 people next week in June. I'm speaking to 25,000 people in an arena. They're all coming back. They're all fired up to learn, grow, and get better. And, um, and we're excited. We're excited to get back on the road and, uh, and, and do things that we were born to do. It's so fun. No, and I, I want to punctuate what you're saying because I've had the privilege of being at some events in the last six months as the markets are starting to open back up globally. Yep. And you're right. The attendance is off the charts. People are pent up. <laughs> they want to breathe the same air. They want to go to these things. So if you've been a little leery about going to conferences, um, you know, the other thing I'm noticing is they're super safe. Like if, if you're still a little bit um, wishy-washy on how this is all going to work out, I'm finding that the, they're, they're having a lot of protocol to make people feel safe because they want people to come back and attend the event. So some great uh, learnings. Todd, uh, absolute pleasure having you on the show. And uh, we hope that our listeners, I'm sure they found a lot of value from it. We hope that they connect with you at uh, toddduncan.com. Thank you, George. Great being with you and your tribe. Conquer local. I love it. Love it. Best to you too, my friend. The great Todd Duncan, as I call him, our guest this week. You know, there's always going to be a filter that buyers have, and we need to figure out how to penetrate that filter. And we do that by transferring the spotlight from us to them. Make the sale about the buyer and the trust will follow. People coming into selling for the first time need to understand it's about connection and not only connection, but an emotional connection. Most people focus on cost, ROI, sales decks, all those things absolutely matter. But focusing solely on those things, it's a great way to get lost in emails and cold calls and another talking head. The selling dynamics don't change across channels. When on the phone, you're trying to create connections, but you're only auditory. And that significantly reduces the impact of our connections. You wanna make sure that you're making virtual connections that replicate the senses you would endure in person. As much as possible, engage those emotions when you're talking to a prospect or customer. And then empower your teams to make decisions with the best interests of the customer. 
there'll be situations where your customers' wants and needs differ from your structure. This is where Todd tells that very compelling story about the $6,000 egg. We need to build cultures where organizations, where our people feel empowered to make that small pivot to satisfy those customers. They can still follow protocol. They could still get the profitability, but they can make the right decision by focusing on the customer and what's best for them. And then I love this. I got to say it again. The law of the encore. Was this message gripping enough? For you to want even more, start asking yourself that question when you're delivering conversations with an emotional connection to your customer. If you like Todd's episode discussing trust in sales, let's continue the conversation and check out episode 300, Building Trust with Customers from my good friend, Jim Tracy. Please subscribe and leave us a review and thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Zoe Schneider. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers Brendan King, George Leith and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone. <laughs>